Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Cam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan! Cam! Slam! Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication, personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Twas the week of Christmas, and we are one day short of a year ago since we started this Final Score podcast. Thanks for being loyal, faithful listeners and sticking with us. We've got a plenty more to talk about over the coming weeks and months and hopefully years, as long as Ryan will sit here by my side and do this and talk sports, which we do ad nauseum every single day. Another thing for the intro this week, a little love and happy birthday to the greatest game, the game of basketball, which was first played today in history, and I believe it was 1891. Is 130 that right? years old. 130 years old, a couple peach baskets, a jump ball after every make, nine on nine, and it was a way to basically, if you read the history... Let the guys in the gym class not play kind of a pansy-ass gym game. That's really (laughs) what the game was born out of. And it's really interesting if you want to read a good book on the history of basketball and how it was kind of born. Um, Dr. Chad Carlson from Hope College wrote a book, um, you know, March Madness-centered, but about the build-up to what is March Madness. It's It's a really good read if you're a basketball historian. All right, that aside... Maybe a little tamer this week for podiums. Maybe not. Mine will be juicy, as it always is. Of course. Let's go to it. Ryan, lectern yours. Yeah. Uh, basketball, 130 years old. Happy birthday, my good friend. Um, yeah, uh, podium this week. Um, just want to say thank you um, to the best one-year player um, I've ever seen, um, probably in any Michigan State sport, and that's Kenneth Walker. Um, up and out of the bowl game for good reason, um, looking to get healthy um, and play. Um, in the league, maybe get a first-round draft pick. Um, yeah, just thank you, K-9. Um, came, took a chance on Michigan State, um, and he was everything and more that we could have ever asked of him. Um, we thought he was good. We didn't know he was this good. Um, first run, touchdown, four touchdowns, first game. We're like, oh, this guy's good. Well, and he did it all year, um, which it was special, um, just a special player. Um, and we thank you for helping us. Just if we weren't Rim, we'd probably be a seven and five team. Um, and we went ten and two, um, playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, which is awesome. Um, we thank you for for that, and we love you, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, usually it's not necessarily my place to step in on Ryan's podium too, but I've got a second that. I mean, a seventy-five yard touchdown right out of the gate. You know, the the handshake touchdown and ninety-four yard run at. Rutgers, the five touchdown near 200 yard annihilation of Michigan, who seems to have forgotten that. Um, the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, who knows if not for Michigan State getting 
blasted early against Ohio State, plus a little bit of an injury, maybe he would have at least been a Heisman Trophy finalist like he should have. But first Michigan State Doak Walker winner, first Walter Camp winner from Michigan State. Agree with Ryan. Probably, I, I have a really hard time finding a better one-year player, one-and-done, basketball or football for that matter, because remember, like a Magic played two years, um, ever in the history of Michigan State sports. It was an honor and a privilege to have you, Canine, and I can't wait to watch you in the NFL. All right, for my podium, well, you know, my my uh, two or three fans in the podcast will definitely appreciate where I'm going to go with this one, and let's just call this podium the softening of America. I'm going to just give you a little bit of a bulleted laundry list of the things that peeve me about our country right now, sports-related, mind you. Trophies for everyone. No dodgeball or Red Rover at recess or in gym class. And if you do play dodgeball, it's with those wussy fake Nerf balls that blow your arm out and don't leave a indentation on your forehead. Can't say can't play. Everybody's got to play. When I was a kid, we played a game called Smear the... Well, I'm not going to use the word, but you can kind of figure it out. Probably if you're my age, late 40s, you know what I'm talking about. And another huge one for me, especially with a daughter who swims in college... Letting this transgender from Penn swim as a woman after the dude, yes, dude, swam three years on the men's team there. Oh, and shocker, this thing is smashing records, close to Katie Ledecky-type records. Now think about that. Probably, arguably the greatest female swimmer in U.S. Olympics history, and her records are at risk because of this transgender who's allowed to swim because the NCAA won't stand up because they're afraid they might ruffle some feathers and piss somebody off. Freaking stop being soft. It's wrong. I've said it all along. I'm all for equity. I'm all for everybody to have equal treatment. Not when it comes to sports. And women in general should especially be pissed off because As a 48-year-old guy, there's a good chance if I got in shape and said I was a woman, I could probably go compete in some women's sports. It's just men and women are made differently. This is clearly not fair. It's ridiculous that the NCAA is allowing it. It's even more ridiculous that Penn is allowing it. Stop worrying about, oh, so-and-so might be butthurt. This person is a dude. They do not belong in the pool with the women. Freaking get over it and stop being soft, America. Oh, and by the way, more COVID cancellations 22 months later, and most of these people are vaccinated. Can we get over ourselves already? I'm sick and damn tired of the softening of this freaking country. Stand up for what's right, do what's right, and let's go. All right. That out of the way, let's do our tee up for the week. I'm going to let Ryan handle this segment. Ryan, who are we teeing up and why? Yeah, uh, tee up of the week, um, probably an easy one for us. Uh, Urban Meyer, um, the man always getting himself in trouble, um, gets fired uh, with cause by the Jaguars. He's not getting paid. Um, Apparently he was kicking his players and shit. Sorry for the... Kicking his kicker. (laughs) Sorry for swearing. Um, Kicking dudes, um, like... Just being a call out his coaches, like calling his coaches idiots and stuff. Like, come on, like and his, he better be done coaching because he's a problem everywhere he's gone. Um, there's always some sort of BS going on, whether it be at Florida, whether it be at OSU, um, with with the with the Smith stuff, um, and then his short tenure with the Jags here. Um, 
just disgraceful he is. Um, horrible human being. And um, and hopefully he didn't set back Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is, is truly, I believe, a generational talent and has struggled this year because of Urban dinking around with his game. Like, get a real pro coach in there. When are we going to stop with this? College coaches can coach in the pros. No, not very many of them can. Pete Carroll's one of the few that stands out to me that's done it. And he started in the NFL, just like Ryan said. So, Urban, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Go away. We don't want you on Fox. We don't want you on, well, I don't watch ESPN. We don't want you on any channel talking about any football anymore. Go to Applebee's, hang out with the 20-year-olds with your daughter, and call it a day. All right. This week for our five spots, we've got a, a good little variety, a couple of you know more hypothetical type of things to do this week. But of course, you know we always kind of start off with more of the what's here and now in the world of the two sports that we care most about, football and basketball. So let's start spot one. Talk a little bit of college hoops, a little Big Ten hoops. Clearly, since we last talked, I believe the Big Ten is officially yeah they've been officially um out of big 10 play so now it's just kind of games that happen unless you're i don't know who canceled it michigan or purdue fort wayne you know canceled their game another one of those ridiculous cancellations when you've got people vaccinated but whatever um but you know big 10 games nothing i don't think really ryan that stands out to me that i can think of in terms of great competitiveness michigan state obviously had a game tonight and by the way a little screw you to espn trying to dig into Spartans and the few Grizzly fans out there at Pockets to get a little bit more streaming money to pay to watch tonight's game on ESPN+. Plus. Give me a oh, break. Crap. We listen to Will He Got It teaming instead on the radio um, and followed it on our Fox app to see what was going on box score-wise, and that was plenty good for me. It was old school. It was old-fashioned in honor of basketball's 130-year anniversary up yours, ESPN. You own all the bowl games already. You don't need an extra five bucks a month out of my pocket for your stupid streaming seven. service. Oh, seven. Okay, worse. But anyway, so let's talk a little bit of college college hoops, Big Ten hoops, Ryan. I know another game that we had on tonight, kind of flipping through um, while we were watching Michigan State, was the Villanova-Xavier game. That was yep. pretty impressive. Two good teams. Um, Villanova, seven now eight and four, but seven and four were down for a good chunk of it, although it was close. Yeah. And just really kind of laid the hammer late and won that game. Um, a very good eight and four team. Xavier looks really good too Xavier's now, 11 and two. Yep. Um, Nunji in Iowa transfer um, looking really good. Big. He looks a lot bigger than he did at Iowa yes. um, last year. You know, Michigan State, you know, let's talk like the point guards, double Played double well. for Walker, 10 and 10. AJ went seven and seven, so combined point guard play from Michigan State seventeen points, seventeen assists, only two turnovers. Remarkable. Marcus Bingham another double double, seventeen points, twelve rebounds. I think he had four or five blocks as well. Max yep. Christie finally the bright lights didn't bother him. Maybe as Matt Stegen gets said, it's the harder NBA rims or something, but he scored seventeen on six for eight shootings, four for six from three. Of course, we didn't get to see this. So maybe that was the key. Um, you know Malik Hall again off the bench, which I I don't like him coming off the bench, but in a way, if it's kind of like Mo Pete, sixth man off the bench, and, and he's scoring points, great. He had 13 points and took a gash over the eye. Um, you know, I know that there were a lot of good games canceled last week. Yeah, Ohio State, I think, Ohio was State, supposed Kentucky. to play Kentucky. Kentucky. Kentucky instead played North Carolina, Carolina. North yeah. Carolina and well. crushed them. So I don't know, Ryan, any other games that stand out to you 
hoops wise. No, I mean Arkansas lost to Hofstra at home. Uh, that's not great for the Razorbacks. Um, but yeah, college basketball is just so competitive right now. Um, a lot of parity, which is awesome. Davidson beat uh, Alabama tonight. Uh, was that at Moore. Alabama? Uh, I was in Birmingham. So Ole Miss lost to. They lost to Samford. Samford, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, college basketball is insane. Like every night, you never know what's going to happen. To what Baylor happen. almost lost this week, so we're like passing the hot potato on number yeah, one every it's, week. It's crazy how how much parity there is, and we love it um, as we get into conference play here um, in the next couple weeks. So, yeah, I mean, lots of – oh, I want to talk about this. Uh, so St. John's um, and Seton Hall were supposed to play last night, um, and they had to cancel the game because of COVID. So Seton Hall forfeited, so their own one um, in the Big East. And then they were supposed to play uh, DePaul on Thursday, also canceled because of COVID. Not, not considered a no contest. Both teams lose. According to the Big East, they because both they lose. both had COVID cases. Yes, this is how ridiculous we both are. How soft lose. are we that something that is not impacting the young people, especially athletic and healthy young people, and we are panicking again? But I read the other day that Cornell shut down classes for nine thousand students. Ninety-seven plus percent of their students are being vaccinated, and we're we're going to panic and we're going to. Yet still find out we need to get poked and poked and poked and poked because the unvaccinated are impacting the vaccinated? I don't think so, Joe, Sleepy Joe, rest of the government. Lay off of it. Let the pandemic run its course. Are you going to have people die? Yep, sad but true. Do people die from the flu? Yep, every day. Do people die from cancer, car accidents, etc., etc., etc.? Yes. Get the frick over it and play these games. Don't punish these kids because a few of their teammates ended up with COVID, and in a lot of these cases, they're asymptomatic. They're just still testing people who've had the vaccine. I, it's idiotic to me, and it's and it's going to water down college basketball. I did see that last week that the NCAA has already said, you know, they'll waive the 25-game minimum requirement if they need to, um, which I just think muddies the water, and it just makes it unfair, and it makes it unfair for these bubble type of teams. DePaul is having, I, last I looked, one of their better seasons in a really yeah. long time, and now they got to take an L because of some stupid policy for some stupid thing that's two years old? I mean, like, let's use our brains here. That's the problem is nobody uses their brains. Like, nobody will stop and use their brains because they just turn on CNN or ABC or NBC and they listen to sheer panic for something that kills, like, that, or sorry, that has a 99.7% survival rate. And we're panicking like this, especially for athletes. At least the NFL finally did something right, and we can talk about that more in the football, by saying, all right, we're not going to test asymptomatic vaccinated players anymore. Uh, Duh. And Stevie Eiserman's calling for that in in hockey. Like, why are we going to ruin basketball yet again for something stupid like this? And especially put L's on. There's plenty of time to make up those games. Find a way to do it. You're on Christmas break right now for these students for four weeks. Find a way to do it because you're just going to keep the snowball effect going. Some team's going to get unlucky, and they're going to have five, six, seven conference losses that they didn't even play. How ridiculous does that sound? Pretty ridiculous. All right, anything else in hoops, right? Nope, nope. I think we're good. All right, let's move to spot two, talk a little bit of football, a little balance of NFL and college. Obviously not much college going on now unless you're uh, into watching these, you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday or a Tuesday, bowl, you know, whatever, sponsor bowl game. Um, the only reason I'm watching them is for – mega parlays that I have and and 
I lost my second parlay that I was on today already because Kent State took one in the French Fry, aka Idaho Potato Bowl. Yep. Why was Wyoming's quarterback rushed for 200 yards and had four touchdowns? Yep. He's just Josh crazy. Allen or something. Um, you know, just so far nothing crazy. I don't think so far in in bowl play. Um, a couple decent games. What was a uh, Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky versus, versus uh, whoever they played. App was State, it, that was a good game yeah. the other day. Eastern, I'm sorry, Northern Illinois versus uh, who they play. Coastal, that was really good mm-hmm. in the Cure Bowl there. Um, yeah, I mean, there have been yeah, some, some good ones. BYU good got upset by UAB. Um, UTSA tonight was playing a good game with San Diego State, a 12-1 and team and an 11-2 team. And, you know, that's a, that's a decent bowl game. At least it's in the evening, so more people might flip to it and Frisco watch it. Um, you know, two – Still, too way too many games. I mean, good to see teams like that get rewarded. But some of these games were, I there was a game might have even been the Bahamas Bowls, like six and six versus seven and five. Is like, come on, really? Do we need to have a bowl game for that? Um, you know, it starts to get a little bit meatier as we go into really closer to this weekend. And now I look at it and break it down separately. I count like. 23 of the 42-ish bowl games, uh, including the two first playoff games, are major conference against major conference, or at least, you know, throw in the AAC and that kind of stuff. You know, bigger schools against bigger schools. Those will be more fun to watch. Um, you know, it's it's more to do on TV when you're kind of sitting around and, you know, in a food coma from all the extra food you ate and all the different great goodies, whatever you're a fan of for Christmas. But, um yeah, it'll be a fun couple weeks. Next week, we'll get more into the nitty-gritty of the CFP. Obviously, that'll be coming up. The New Year's Six will be coming up. Those are the games that really, truly matter. Those are, to people my age, those are the age-old games that have been around forever that you remember giving up your January 1st to watch. So we'll be looking forward to that. Um, trying to think, any major coaching changes or anything? I don't think no. so. Bo Nix transferred from Auburn to Oregon. That's, you know... I guess probably okay pickup for Oregon. Um, some of that stuff seems to have quieted out. Alabama got the running back yeah, out of the portal yeah. today um, from Georgia Tech. Anything else you can think of college football? No, not really. Right? College football. It's bowl season. Um, NFL. Woo! Speaking of parity, it's this. The playoffs are going to be awesome. Cleveland dropped. I read from. Seventh spot to twelfth spot by losing on a last second field goal I mean, last night. The NFL is ridiculous right now. I mean, it's awesome. So many seven it's and seven awesome. teams. Um, Tampa goes and lays an egg. First time Brady was shut out. What in two hundred and fifty five games? Years. Uh, crazy. And they lose a receiver for the season. I heard Fournette's on IR, so they're signing Le'Veon Bell. Yep. That'll be interesting there. Green Bay's looking good. Got off to a good lead and then held on against the Ravens, who seem to be the comeback kids. They have so many comebacks this year, and with their backup quarterback. The Lions, let's talk about the Lions. Lions. The Lions not only won, but they absolutely smashed Arizona, who did have the prior number, you know, best record in the NFC. Um, maybe a bit of a paper tiger. But, the, you know, the Lions have been, Ryan and I were talking about this Sunday, the Lions have been competitive in most of their games. I would say where they've played 14 games now. They've been competitive and, you know, arguably nine or ten of them. You know, a couple blowouts for sure, but I've, you know, lost three games on 50-plus yard field goals at the buzzer. So, you know, some people would be like, oh, they need to keep tanking for the number one pick. For what? There's not a great quarterback in there. That's what you really need the most. Just don't waste that pick on Hutchinson. Come on. Please don't. I I beg of you. I beg of you. And don't pick another defensive back either. Um 
really I don't know what they need a lot of things but we'll we'll see what happens but you know kudos to the Lions you can tell there's a culture change going on you know they're fighting and clawing they had COVID hit them last week and they're playing with guys they're literally picking up left and right off the practice squad that they're signing week in and week out at, in the defensive backfield in particular and you know doing a good job got after Kyler Murray in that game um you know, I it's it's interesting because there's not been a huge separation. I don't think in either league from the top early in the season. I think Ryan and I both declared that the Bills were the best team we saw, and now they're at risk of missing the playoffs. Yep. Chiefs are coming on strong. They just got off to a slow start. The Packers, like we said, look good. Not a surprise. They always look good. Um, you know, the Bucks will be right in there because of Brady. But after that, I mean, like. What Cardinals? I don't know that they're right there. The Rams are struggling a little bit tonight, but the Seahawks—I don't even know. It's Tuesday night, and I don't know if this is Week 15. If this weeks—I don't know. There's so much stuff going on. Um, you know, I think the other game tonight was Eagles and, yep, and Eagles Redskins. Um, let's see here. Oh. Cowboys do look pretty good, but I, I don't know how they'll hold up. You know, when push comes to shove and the pressure comes, I still think probably the AFC is better. Yeah. I'll tell you the team that I've been impressed with a lot this season, really, and they got off to a slow start. Otherwise, they could Kansas be right City. there with Casey. No, with Casey is the Colts. Yeah, the Colts have been good. Colts Tough are defense. Jonathan Taylor pounding it on the ground. Candidate um, Wentz is doing enough to help them win. Yeah, tough. Yeah, they're they're really tough. They're playing well. They're scratching their way into the playoffs. That's a team I would not want to play. I mean, New England came in white hot, and they quieted them right down. I mean, they caused a lot of turnovers. They can run at will with Jonathan Taylor. They've got enough wide receiver weapons, and like Ryan said, Wentz can do enough to be dangerous. I mean, imagine them with a really good quarterback instead of a slightly above-average quarterback. He's kind of like Goff 2.0. I mean, he can move. Came out he, can move he can move. Bit. Makes a difference. Um, you know, that's a team that's been impressing me. It'll be interesting to watch. How about, Ryan, if you were a Ravens fan, how would you feel about John Got Harbaugh. Got for two twice and screwed them, and now they're outside of the playoffs. Yeah, they yeah. went from the number one seed, what, just two weeks ago, right? And then yeah. they went for two instead of the tie it's to go to Pitt. overtime against Pittsburgh, and then they did the same thing against Green Bay. Now, I get it if you're like the Lions and you're one in something or you're four in something and you're probably not playing for the playoffs to go for two in those situations. Or even in college, if you're like the big underdog and it's a chance to win, and you might not upset them in overtime, and you're not confident, fine, go for the juggler. I, I understand that. But when you're the number one seed, in two weeks in a row, you make that boneheaded call, and it's a 50-50 play, right? Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what the you know AWS analytics say, but to me it's 50-50. That zone is so much tighter inside the two-yard line. It's hard to throw. Yeah, you can do some rubber outs, and you can you know kind of get away with some pick stuff. Maybe hit a good crossing route or something, but it's hard to run in there because the, it's packed tighter. It's hard to throw in there. Like I know that that extra points are not sure things as much anymore as they used to be. But when you got a guy like Tucker, Justin Tucker, I mean, give me a break. He's going to make both of those, and you're going to go to overtime and take your chance. And two ties would be better than two losses. Because instead, I think what are they now? Eight and six. Eight and six. And I mean, seed right now. they could be eight, four, and two, or they could be potentially ten and four. Right? Like they would be right there, number one, number two seed. Now they're on the outside looking in. I just it blows my mind that. But I guess it doesn't because it's a Harbaugh, and Harbaugh's are, are about as dumb as a box of rocks. I think when it comes to that stuff. But 
really, if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm pretty PO'd right now at my coach. Because you just almost well, you came back with your backup quarterback, an undrafted guy, Huntley, who, by the way, the Lions might want to take a look at. Um, brings you back from the brink, 14 down in this in the fourth quarter, and gets you in position to tie that game and to go to overtime. Okay, so you think Rodgers, you know, yeah, it's a it's a risk, but is it a bigger risk than just flat out losing the game right there at the end? I, I just I don't understand that. One bit again. If I'm the Lions, or if I'm, you know, a team trying to upset the number one team on the road in college football, and I've got no business being there, then yeah, let's talk about it. But uh, you know, or maybe if you got some great play that's can't miss, tucked up your sleeve, like the Philly special type of thing. But not not a smart not a smart man, Jenny. Um, I don't know anything else you can think of football wise, Ryan. No, for this week, that's all I got. You know, it'll be a fun last few weeks of the regular season. Now the NFL games, well, with COVID, they're sprinkled on every day of the week. But you've got Saturday and Sunday games, and pretty soon you got the playoffs. So there's a lot of stuff going on these last couple weeks of the season. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be that what-if game, one, one game away, one whatever away. I think of a team like Minnesota, who right now is barely in, and I think has lost three games on kicks like the Lions missed kicks or a miscue of some sort late in the game that you win those and you're easily in. So there's going to be a lot of looking back and second guessing um, come the end of this season as jobs are lost. Yes, absolutely. All right, spot number three, changing it up a little bit. Tis the season, right? It's Christmas this week. It's the season of gifts. This one we're going to call sports experience. Now, Ryan, I want to ask you, if you could give one gift sports-related gift to somebody, preferably me, but could be anybody, and then in turn get one gift, what would it be? Mm, that's a tough question. Um, I would say, what, can it be like a win by a team or something? Whatever I, you want. I would say. What do you want for Christmas for whatever? I would trade, I would give you a Michigan State Basketball National Championship. I mean, I'd like that too. Um, but I want to see... The Detroit Lions, one time in my life, one time make it to the Super Bowl. Just once. So that's the gift that you want as once. a Lions Super Bowl. I, yeah, I mean. That would be crazy. You know, that's nice. Of the, the thought of the gift of giving the gift of, and I accept that, a Michigan State National Championship for Izzo because that also benefits you. Yes. I guess when I thought about it, I was thinking even more experiential-wise. I mean, those hard to argue with either of those, but. If I could give a gift, I think give a gift, it would be kind of a little bit of a play on that a little bit. It would be to go watch Michigan State in the Rose Bowl and then and win in the Rose Bowl and watch Michigan State in the Final Four, um, father-son style, wherever that may be, Rose Bowl, obviously, in Pasadena. It doesn't matter where the Final Four was. Within the next five years, that would be that'd be a great gift that I'd like to give. I get a little bit from that too, obviously, but that would be a great gift to give. Um, to get, or did I say to get for that? You said give the give. Rose Bowl and get the no give four. give the Rose Bowl and as a combo package, give the oh, Rose okay. Bowl and give the Final Four for Michigan State. If I could get a gift, I can flat out tell you right now, it would be ten days. 
playing all of the rota courses that were possible in Great Britain, you know, Scotland, Ireland, England. I don't even care if it rains sideways for a couple of days or whatever. I just want to go over there and experience that true Lynx golf and the birthplace of golf with a fun foursome, hear the stories, experience the caddies, don't want to live vicariously through somebody else. That's one thing I would love to get as a gift, I would say, as a sport. And that to me is like a true experience because you get to experience it and do it. Um, I mean, watching your games is great and seeing your team win championships is great. But the older I get, the more it's about the experiences. Like when we played Harbortown and Hilton Head last year, didn't play very well, but it was just the memory of playing there and being able to watch it on TV during a pro event and go, hey, I remember that hole, or I took a seven there, or I birdied that hole, or whatever the case may be. Um, So that's, that's definitely in the get category for me. Um, and for all of our sports fans out there, would love to give you whatever national championship that you could have. Unless it's Michigan. Unless it's Michigan. If you're a Michigan fan, I'm sorry. I hope you lose by 30 to Georgia. You you are not you are exempt from this holiday. You do not get any gifts. You get coal in your stocking. Right. All right. Spot number four. Let's shift gears again a little bit. Keep it in football. Um, really, the last two spots we'll keep in football. You know, not as many games and stuff to talk about, so throw in some other topics. A topic, you know, Ryan and I talk about a fair amount. Um, and I think, you know, I talk about with buddies on text or I talk about, with, you know, some guys at work and stuff. Recruiting in the portal. And you could even bring in NIL and the impact there. And just generally, I mean, you, we could, you could take this anywhere, Ryan. Like, how do you think Michigan State did in their national signing? What do you think the impact of the portal? Is it good, bad, or otherwise for college football? How does NIL weigh in? I mean, let's talk about the coup of the the early signing period was Deion Sanders oh. pulling the number one overall recruit from Florida State. Absurd. Boy, to Jackson State. I mean, then they go and lose from the Celebration Bowl. but. Yeah, he's kind of like a little bit of a eh, eh for not taking me as a coach a couple years ago. Clearly, Dion knows what he's doing. Um, I think he's probably a better coach than people give him credit for. I think people look at his persona and go, oh, yeah, Neon, Dion, blah, blah, blah. He's a smart dude. Prime time, baby. Um, and I think NIL weighs in huge there. Like Tom Brady, oh, yeah. Tom Brady announced a deal that had to do with um, – kind of a clothing thing, I think, right, that that kid signed on with and whatever else. So that's the thing is that's a great equalizer now is NIL is the great equalizer so that a Jackson State who has nowhere near the alumni base or the facilities. I mean, their most notable alumni, can you tell me who it is? Jackson State, no. Walter Payton. Their most notable alumnus, Walter Payton. But they don't have the facilities. They don't have the TV. They don't have any of that stuff. But this guy knows he can go and be a stud, and he's going to make some good NIL, arguably probably more than he would make in the pot at Penn, or at Florida State as one of a lot of good players. He's going in as the best player. I mean, Ryan, what are your thoughts on how all of that stuff kind of bows together? And, yeah. and then give us a little feeling for how you think Michigan State's doing You know, this year and year, I guess year three technically of this yeah. for Mel. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, the NIL definitely plays into that um, ridiculous um, – as it is, I mean, it's the world we live in now in college athletics, um, and we're going to see this more and more as time goes on. Um, 
So it's it's about it's about to get crazy. Um, Michigan State um, top consensus top twenty recruiting class. Um, awesome, got some really good guys guys, guys to flip. Um, almost got Keontae Goodwin. That would have been huge. Um, but Mel continues to impress. Um, jumps in the portal and gets some instant impact guys on defense uh, that can help right away. And he's still looking at some offensive linemen as well um, as we speak, which is going to be great. Um, yeah, Let's I mean, not forget Berger, good running back. Sneaky good Berger, running back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's cleaning up. Uh, number two ranked transfer class right now, um, only behind South Florida. He's got like 20 guys coming in. And Michigan State is about four or five. Um, crazy, but Mel's doing great uh, next year. I think he's going to be a top 15 class. Um, he's going to keep getting swing for these five and four stars. Um, he's going to land a couple because he, he can. Um, and he can recruit in Michigan State going down to play in Atlanta. That's huge for Got a bunch of Georgia South. guys in this cycle. Yeah, a bunch of Georgia guys. Um, and still just re- recruiting the heck out of down there. Um, Mel using his roots um, as a SEC, D.C., um, assistant head coach, all that good stuff. Uh, which is awesome. Love it. I love what he's doing. Yeah, and I mean, I honestly, I think I said this last week. I, you know, back in the day, I would read Spartan Mag front to back, Jim Comperoni, great job in coverage and recruiting. And, and I kind of got out of it a little bit as I got a little older just because it is so fleeting. I mean, look at Michigan State's top two recruits more recently until like this cycle were what, what big fella lineman from, um, the Detroit area that transferred to Memphis and then Julian Devontae Dobbs and Devon- Julian Barnett. Yeah. yeah. Two four stars, bona fide, can't miss prospects. You know, Barnett could play both ways, blah, blah, blah. They're at Memphis where they barely played. So I, I struggle a little bit to get too hyped up about recruiting. And I also know that your top 10 pretty much remains unchanged because if your name is Michigan or USC or Notre Dame or Alabama or Ohio State, you're going to automatically have it because of who you are, and it's assumed that you must have a good eye for talent, which I think is ridiculous. So it's not necessarily – it's not an apples-to-apples fair comparison because I think if you really stripped out the brand names and looked at classes, I think it would be a lot different. And to that point, too, schools like Alabama get so many five-stars because they freaking compete for national championships every year. So no more power to them, but – I, I like the mix that Mel got from Michigan State. I look more like what's coming in and who can make an impact. I mean, Michigan State has seen, what are they, up to about 14 guys now transferring out. So Yeah, 14 or 15. Not a but surprise. they're guys that, you know what, like, you can't hack it, get out. I mean, like, they're not going to play. They see the writing on the wall. If you're not going to be able to hack it, there's guys better than you that can't hack it, get out. Like, we don't need you. Like, I get that. Like, that's what college football is now. Yeah, and we kind of talked about, Ryan and I talked about this too before. So I kind of look at guys that transfer in three ways. First, you got like the fifth-year guy, you know, the Russell Wilson, who is probably arguably the first poster child for this. You've got the fifth-year guy that truly can go and probably get their, you know, grad degree somewhere else and just wants like another shot at a change of scenery different program to kind of show that they've got that versatility before they go to the NFL. I get that. Like the fifth year transfer, I get it. I'm not going to, I'm going to put them to the side. Then I think it comes down to two types. I think you've got, which I think are the majority. The majority are guys that just look around and say, I'm not willing to work hard enough because Ryan's better than me or Joe is better than me or so-and-so is better than me. I, I, I just, I think too many, and this is the softening of America, right? Too many kids have been given trophies and told how good they are, and they're not willing to work. 
And I think that's a lot. You know, no offense to the guys who left Michigan State. Best of luck to you. Maybe you weren't the right fit or whatever. Um, but I think a lot of those guys, they just look around, and of course you're going to be recruited over. I mean, we had Ryan and I had this conversation when he was playing D3 basketball. Every year, of course, the coaches are going to bring in the next big guy and the next big guy because they're constantly building for the future. And if you're a player who can't take the competition and who doesn't see that as an opportunity to step up and be the best and earn it, I frankly don't want you on my roster. So a lot of the guys in the last couple of days that have left Michigan State were you know, intriguing recruits like Allen, the tight end from Texas, who was kind of a late bloomer. I think Ian Stewart was a decent wide receiver. You know, some names you kind These of guys remember that, like, a little bit. They're buried. They're buried. They're buried on the depth chart. And, and, okay, maybe they don't see their way out, but I say earn your way out. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm old school. You know, I'm old Gen X. I'm 48. I'm like earn your keep and don't just – leave. I mean, you hear so many stories of these guys in basketball too, like go to three, four, five schools in four or five years. I mean, give me a break. Like you can't just quit every time somebody else comes in that's better than you. Somebody's always going to be better than you. So that's one big lump. I think that's 80% of transfers. And then I think it's 20% of guys legit that just are not a program fit. Or like in the COVID era, I think guys that maybe went to a school sight unseen, maybe it's too far from home, maybe it's too big, maybe the competition was just overwhelming. And I think 20% of them are guys that are just like, look, I'm just going to transfer down, not necessarily FCS, but maybe I'm going to go from a Michigan State down to a Mac school. And I'm going to be a really good player in a two or three or four year guy at a Mac school versus a third string, fourth string, maybe not make the travel squad at a Big Ten school, just because I know that my talent's not going to get better if even if I work harder. So I kind of weigh it. It's 80-20 rule. It's 80% of guys that I think are too afraid or too lazy or too unwilling to work hard enough that could, that have the have the, the goods, and 20% that just aren't good enough and, and or it was just a bad situation. And look, there are bad situations. And kids are going to want to transfer all the time. But I think, too, kids are kind of taught that, hey, first sign something goes bad, I'm going to leave. And... That's not how you persevere in life, young men and women. I mean, you got to be able to fight through things. You got to fight through other competition. You got to fight through injuries. I, you know, I think the portal in one respect is great for football. Clearly, it helped Michigan State get itself turned around in a right hurry. Um, and those are situations of probably a little bit of, I mean, if you look at Michigan State's best boon out of the portal was canine. He was doing great at Wake Forest. It wasn't a matter of he wasn't playing, he wasn't starting, but he was. Scored a ton of touchdowns. He had a lot of yards. He just wanted the pro situation. That's kind of like the Russell Wilson fifth-year transfer. Obviously, he was a one-year guy. Had more eligibility than that. But there's plenty of guys that, you know, I think kind of turn and run because they're like, well, I can't do it here anymore. And, hey, I mean, we'll take it. Like, Michigan State needed depth at defensive back. But some of those guys, frankly, they couldn't couldn't be starters at Florida and Alabama anymore. So, I, that's my one thing with it. My concern is that it's too easy. I'm all about the one-time free transfer and all that stuff. Um, I do think NIL throws a big loop into this thing, too. I think that that, in particular for recruiting, the ridiculousness of that. You you know, you got guys like, what's his name, Lunderbaum or Lip Balm or whatever from oh, Iowa. Yeah. The, he gave th- he earned 30000 in NIL and he, he gave it to the Iowa charity. Children's Hospital. Awesome. Great story. But there's an equal amount of the Queen Ewers who took a seven-figure deal 
deal, quote, to go to Ohio State. Like an energy drink. Right, something. to go to Ohio State. And then he played three snaps there. And then he transferred. Like, that's the lunacy of NIL and its impact on recruiting. Not so much the portal, but on recruiting. So it'll just be interesting to see how that continues to play out. It'll be interesting to see if eventually the portal balances out. I don't know that it's going to. I mean, if everybody gets a one free transfer without sitting out, I just think we're going to still have this. And until we change the mindset of our youth to not everybody wins and not everybody gets a trophy, so you have to actually earn your keep, I think guys are going to leave, right? And and like I say, I don't wish any of the guys leaving Michigan State ill will. I, I wish them all luck. There's reasons for going, but I think a fair amount of them just, just didn't want to try hard enough, in my opinion. It's my take. don't have to agree with it, but that's kind of how I look at it. All right, let's go... Get my notes up here a second. Let's go to spot number five. We'll keep it in college football. Another interesting debate, especially in bowl season with the big games coming up. Um, Ryan, spot number five. What's your feeling on guys skipping bowl games yeah. Um, yeah, at yeah. this time, you know, to, to prepare for the draft and, and go pro? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm kind of on the fence with this one. You know, there's an article. I hate Michigan, but there's an article, I haven't read it yet, on The the Athletic. It's about Jake Butt, Jake Butt um, and how he's like, are you going to play in the bowl game? He's like, hell yes, I'm going to play in the bowl game. It's my last time playing in a Michigan uniform. Um, I'm going to do it. And he tears his ACL, hurts his draft stock. He isn't even playing in the NFL anymore, I don't think. You hear about guys like that that get hurt. Jake Butt gets hurt. Jalen Smith from Ohio from, from Notre, Notre Dame, Dame. Uh, Fiesta Bowl 2015, uh, or sorry, New Year's Day 2016, tears like his whole knee up was out for like over a year uh he could have sat out and it hurt his draft stock and he was out for like a year in the nfl um playing well now um bounce around teams but i i I get it because people are trying to like canine he's been dinged up all year if he gets hurt it could hurt his draft stock um has a bad game you know you never know but i also hate it um because like you you want to finish you want these guys to finish their season um finish what they started i'm all about that Excuse me. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't personally sit out, but I can see why people do um, just as a, as a business decision, really, um, for guys that could be first or second round picks and earn guaranteed money, um, which they probably haven't had for a lot of their life for, for a lot of them. So I, I get it. I really do. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of in the same thinking, right? I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer here. I, I do think this. As fans... We get a little bit too butthurt and feel a little bit too scorned when our favorite player decides not to play. And, hey, look at the Peach Bowl. And within the same 24-hour period, you know, we knew that there was a good chance that K-9 wasn't going to play. I mean, then Kenny Pickett not playing for Pitt. Uh, arguably, that's an even bigger hit for them because I don't know that their backup saw much time on the field, you know, this year. Um, but here's the thing. It's a business decision for them. And I look at what... Kenneth Walker did for Michigan State this year and the records he set and the things that he did and the awards that he got and the way that he did it more than anything. And I wish him no ill will. Do I wish he'd play? Of course I do because I selfishly I'd love to see him play in the green and white one last time. But do I understand these guys making a business decision for life? Absolutely. And I don't think it's any fan or fan base's place to ridicule somebody for making that decision. I don't look at it as like bailing on the team. I'm sure these guys all went in and said, hey guys, this is my situation. And frankly, that just gives the next guy in line a chance. So at Michigan State, it's a guy like Eli Collins, who's who had it as a freshman, had COVID as a sophomore, and, and was a wash season. 
and then started a you know started the season on special teams because he was nicked. Finally got a couple big carries in a game and got hurt in that game. Missed the next five games. It's a chance for him to kind of reestablish his future with the team. Um, so it's kind of like that next man up mentality. It's why you need depth to be to be honest. Um, I personally I don't have a problem with it. Now I will say this, and you and you don't see this honestly. I will say if your team is competing for the playoffs and the national championship, I don't think you should leave. I mean, it, I, I get it. It's a little bit of a double standard. No. That's a little different because that's for something way bigger than you. Like a bowl game, I mean, down the road, we'll see on the scoreboard at Michigan State, you know, Michigan State 2021 Peach Bowl champions. That's great. It's a great memory. If you go to the game, it's a great memory to have. But at the end of the day, you forget about that. But you're going to remember if you played in the playoffs and if you – won the, the Rose CFP. Bowl or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, even if Michigan State was going to the Rose Bowl and K-9 didn't play, I, I can't blame him, right? I do think, and you don't you don't ever hear about it, at least not that I can remember, you don't hear about guys that are on the final four teams opting out because they want to compete for that national championship. And so it makes sense. But I guess, do people opt out in, in college basketball during the NCAA tournament? No. Right, exactly, no. Same thing. So, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's a risk. You know you play a sport with a risk. I mean, maybe if maybe somehow we can wrap NIL into insurance for these guys in case they get hurt so we can enjoy our game where they all play and nobody leaves. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that nobody would have ever thought about leaving. It wasn't even an option. I mean, yes, you're between semesters come December and and early January, but guys didn't leave. Nobody did that, and now it's a lot more common. It's not everybody, but, you know, I mean, it's probably a good two dozen decent name players this year that are not playing in bowl games. And, again, if you're playing in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl presented by, you know, Georgia Peaches, whatever, I, I get it. Near six, a little tougher, but, again, I have no ill will towards K-9. I, I totally get it, right? He came to Michigan State to improve his draft stock and he did that and he did that with class and dignity and as a great player for Michigan State um you know I would hope Pitt fans would say the same for Kenny Pickett he came back for a fifth year greatly improved his draft stock and why risk it right like why risk one it just takes one bad shot at the knee or one torn shoulder as a quarterback and you're life trajectory can change, right? You're going to go from probably three years of guaranteed few million bucks, um, the higher you go in the draft, to potentially nothing or just the you know an insurance policy. And yes, if you're getting a degree, and I get all that stuff, but it's an interesting debate. It's a fun debate. Again, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. If you, if you told me I had to choose, I would say I would rather players not be able to opt out. I just, but... I understand it, and I'm not ever going to second-guess somebody who does because I can't tell you that at age 22, staring at a three-year, $5 million contract or playing in a bowl game and knowing that there's a decent risk that I might not get that contract, that I wouldn't take the contract. Of course I would. So let's give these kids a break. Thank you, K-9, again. We talked about on the podium. You know, Pitt fans, I'm sure. Thank you, Kenny Pickett, putting you back on the map. You got a good transfer today. Slovis from from USC, so you got a good replacement coming in. Um, is it be a, you know we'll miss watching you guys play. I think it would have been an even greater game if both those guys played, but so be it. It is what it is. All right, Ryan, let's do as we always do and end with a sprint. I've got a little little bit of a theme here, a little bit of a re- 
probably repetitiveness based on some of our answers and some other things, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, spot number one, sprint number one, first free throw line. If you could get get one gift as an MSU fan, one gift as an MSU fan, what would that be? Basketball national championship. Yeah, I mean, for easy, Izzo, right? Easy. Bigger, this goes back to our tee up. Bigger train wreck this year, Urban Meyer or John Gruden? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, we'll say Urban just because he's Urban. I mean, actually, we shouldn't have approached. Uh, we'll actually say Gruden because we kind of expect, I think probably when he got hired last year, we can probably go back in the archives. We probably said, this is never going to work. I want to find that. We have to find that. because we, we should do a best of. I guarantee we, we could find him us saying, that's never going to last more than a year. And it didn't. All right, so you're going John Gruden. Bigger villain, the Grinch or the Abominable Snowman? No, the Grinch. The Grinch used to scare the crap out of me when I was young. He stole Christmas. And in that vein, Christmas Story or Christmas Vacation? Christmas Vacation without, it's not even a contest. <laughs> There's a lot of great Christmas movies, that's for sure. All right, if I could get one gift as an MSU fan, I mean, we talked a little bit about the give the gift of, you know, Rose Bowl and whatever. I agree with Ryan. It's a natty for Tom Izzo. Um, I I so wish we could go back to 2020 and see how that would have played out. It takes a lot oh. of luck. It takes a lot of things to fall into place. I mean, hey, we thought we had a team that could do it back in whatever it was, 2016. We lost in Middle Tennessee and lost in the first round. So there are no gimmies in basketball. But I so want that national championship for Coach Izzo. He deserves it for what he's done for Michigan State basketball. Bigger train wreck. I mean, I kind of have to agree with Ryan's point. Urban Meyer, we kind of expected this. I'm going to say Urban Meyer only because John Gruden stuff was like skeleton stuff, right? I mean, it was a long time ago. Like, if that was a big deal, why wasn't it a big deal then? That's what I'm talking about, softening of America. Like, if it's wrong when it's wrong, then it's wrong then. It doesn't have to be wrong seven years from now when culture is woke. Like, it makes zero sense to me. Did he do stupid things? Yes. But it was a long time ago, and if it was wrong then, freaking call him on it then. So I'm going to go with Urban just because that's a current here and now train wreck. Bigger villain, the Grinch or the Abominable Snowman? Boy, Grinch did steal Christmas. The Abominable Snowman did have all of his teeth taken out, and he was great at putting the star on the top. So he kind of became a kind of a softer good guy at the end, and sort of the Grinch too. But the Grinch set out with a dastardly plan. I mean, the snowman wanted to eat the deer, and he wanted to eat Yukon Cornelius and Hermie. He was, but, you know, he's fending for himself. He's, he's like a, a big polar bear. The Grinch was a dick, so we got to go with the Grinch. Christmas story or Christmas vacation. We had a lot of fun with these at work uh, this month. We, we reenacted some of the scenes, the flagpole scene, the Christmas tree, you know, going out to the woods to see the Christmas tree, the lighting of the house, Clark Griswold. I mean, both. Both are classic vintage movies. But if you put them side by side and you told me I can only watch one of these two movies for the rest of my life going forward, there is no question it's Christmas Vacation. No question. All right, wrap us up, Ryan, with a few last social media reminders. Yep. Uh, Final Score 35 on Twitter. Um, there's this new thing on there. I can't remember what it's called, but you can like... Oh, it was like a chat function yeah, or something, Yeah, we, should, isn't we it? could do that. Um, if people start following us, we could do that after Michigan State games. That reminds me. I heard. That's a great thing we didn't talk about. I have totally forgot about it until you said that. I saw in The Athletic, there was a guy, a Florida State fan, a, bo- a big one, booster. He created one, and he like had he had bona fide like, 
ESPN personalities and Fox yep. personalities coming in and debating oh, with them. I saw that. It was a fire Mike Norvell thing because they were so mad that they lost that recruit to Jackson State. And, and it was like a it's supposed to be a cathartic thing and it ended up being just this out of control where you're moderating it. So, yeah, I mean, I would be all in for that That'd if anybody really ever wants to do a, a live chat on something. You know, maybe it's a Final Four game. Maybe you said it's a big Michigan State game or or something. That'd be fun. Super Bowl, anything really. You Hit Ryan up and let him know about it. So that said, um, as we wind out the year, we'll be back next week certainly, and and uh, you know with lots of different stuff on the plate. But do want to say Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas everybody. to everybody, our listeners. I mean, we have been out this. This is I think episode number fifty three. Yep. We've done this for a year. We had the extra pod with uh, the Michigan State Michigan game this year. It's been a blast to do it. Our numbers keep going up and up. Keep spreading the word keep sharing the love and again if you've got stuff you want us to talk about you know we don't have to break down games and features and players and stats and benefits in every single spot of the around the world or the four downs when we're in football season um we want to talk about what you want to talk about and and i'll tease i don't know when yet but we're gonna have a local former local high school coach who was a a 25 year coach at my alma mater forest hill central Now coaches on the bench as an assistant coach at Hope College. He's done some officiating. Ryan and I have kind of stored up a bunch of topics um, that I think would be great to ask a former high school coach, current college assistant slash former official. Um, things like block charge and end of shot clock, and we got some great stuff. So if you have other ideas like that, whether it involves a special guest or not, let us know. Let Ryan know. Hit him up on Instagram. Hit him on Twitter. Um, let's let's make this continue to go easily for another year where we're not just kind of dragging feet and trying to figure out what we want to talk about. So with that, too, want to say a shout-out to t- our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty. Um, they've been a faithful supporter of our family in sports for a long time. Rockford Swimming, Rockford Basketball, now the Final Score podcast. Great neighbors, great friends, uh, great supporters of the podcast. So if you have realty needs in West Michigan... Do us a favor. Them look them up. Please. They're worth it. Teamanders.com. Meanwhile, as Clark W. Griswold once said, Surprised? If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be any more surprised. <laughs>